My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode 170 of Legally Clueless. Thank you for rocking with this podcast. If this is your first time listening to an episode, welcome to the family. Remember to join our nice cozy corners of the internet on Instagram. We're at Legally Clueless Africa on TikTok, Legally Clueless Africa, and on YouTube, Legally Clueless. There's links to all of those platforms in our show notes, but if you're listening on a platform that doesn't have show notes, consider changing the platform. <laughs> well, you can just search Legally Clueless Africa and you'll see our bright yellow pages. I am super excited for this particular episode because I don't know, I just feel really drawn to this particular story. Listen to this. Every single time, if I'm walking, if I'm doing anything, so long as I'm not interacting, just know that I'm in my own very separate universe. <laughs> and when I was outside, I would always wear earphones because now my social anxiety is kicking in. Not everyone suffers from social anxiety, but for me here, people are much, much more talkative. People are much more outgoing, and that's not me. The only time that I'll, I'll ever feel like myself is when I'm alone. But then suddenly when I get in front of others, when I walk in public or enter a, a room full with, filled with many people, you just feel this overwhelming, crushing pressure that you want to be anywhere, anywhere but there. It even starts some panic attacks because let's say there's a group of people coming and I'm going. Suddenly, I start having a panic attack. I start breathing hard. I even forget, forget how, how to walk. He urged me to start watching the news a bit. I decided to watch the news one time and I promise you, I locked every single it was like I just watched a horror movie. So that's Michael's story. It's coming up a little later in this episode. I'm super excited about the song of the week. Oh, I really love it. I've played it on repeat because it's like one long affirmation. It's catchy. There's some really deep lines. And the name of the song is King's Affirmation or The King's Affirmation. And the name of the artist is Iniko. I really like this song. And then there's a part where like, there's this like bass that comes in. It's so good. And there's one line I really love that's, I'm not new here, reborn creation. Ah. I love it. I love it so much. So I put a link to it in the show notes or you could just go onto YouTube or whatever platform. It's also on like streaming platforms and just look for The King's Affirmation by Iniko and Iniko is I-N-I-K-O. Ooh, it's such a sweet song. I wish there was like a way I could play it for you on here, but like I want to respect artists and I just can't reproduce their art like that. So go out, stream it on their platform so they get... To benefit from it. Okay, now over to you. <laughs> I hope you've had a great week since we last, I was going to say since we last spoke, but uh, this is a one-way conversation. So since the last episode, and if it wasn't great, I hope you're hanging in there. On my end, it's been a week where like I've had one major really good thing happen and then one major weird thing happen. I'm not going to say bad because it's, I don't see it as a bad thing, but like, Definitely a week where major things have happened in my life that I will remember for a very long time. But also it's been a week of like new experiences and that's what I want to really 
touch on. So for the last couple of months, I've been going through some sort of transition that one day I'll be able to like really go into details and share with you. Today's not that day. (laughs) But because of that, I've been doing, so I mentioned in a couple of episodes that I have two therapists now. One is my older one, really focusing on sexual trauma. And the other is just like life. So I've been doing, you know, my usual monthly sessions, but then the second therapist I do weekly sessions with her. And when you're going through therapy, you don't realize how much growth is happening, you know, until something happens and you handle it in such a healthy manner. You're just like, oh, who's this? (laughs) Is it is it you? Is it you? And I finally feel like I've made tons of progress. In fact, my session last week, my therapist actually gave me a high five. She's like, can you see the growth? And she was so excited. And it was just it was just so cute. So yeah, I feel like I've made tons of of progress and I have a lot more clarity on who I am, on my boundaries, on just life, the things I want to do, the things I want to create, and even the things I want to try and experiment with. So being in that space, I randomly got invited to a cacao and fire ceremony. I know. So I'm quite the hippie. (laughs) So I was just like, I am down. (laughs) Even though I didn't know what the heck this was. And I asked a friend to go with me just in case I was getting into a cult. (laughs) (laughs) I need somebody to be like, let's get out of here now. And so it was really great. It's a very intimate, we weren't too many. It's a very intimate experience. We did say there would be confidentiality. I mean, nothing wild happened, but just to kind of respect the other people, I'll just really share my personal experience and then like general. So you understand what the heck a cacao and fire ceremony is and it was using deep soul music deep soul house music as well so it was really dope so the cacao basically is where like chocolate comes from etc so it also has really awesome benefits i'm not saying go out and eat all the chocolate in the world no the cacao itself has like benefits for your heart and it also has been linked to you feeling not just a calmness but like a joy an energy of positivity so during this ceremony you kind of have this cacao that is that core where you know chocolate comes from with a bit of spice etc it's very bitter (laughs) and um, and you know you you have it and you have a pen and paper on one paper you're writing what you're letting go of and on the other it's kind of like you're writing the person you want to be or the things that you love about yourself it's different for different people so that's how I took it and you know you have breakout group sessions which is so powerful and it's it's funny how in my group we're three women we just really had such vulnerable moments about things that we're dealing with and then we had a music session that was great I ended up writing a poem (laughs) I think I was just like super inspired in the moment and then the bonfire is lit and you throw into well I threw into the fire the piece of paper that had the list of things that I was letting go of and I mean the list was quite a few things some even people (laughs) but the one that is really core is fear. I really just want to let go of fear. And I think I'm really at that point in my life where 
I have every reason to let go of fear and just like free fall through this beautiful thing called life and design the life that I've always wanted to live. And in a manner that I know I can honor myself by putting myself first and celebrating myself. And yeah, I, it's it's a really exciting space I'm in and I feel like the only thing that every so often destabilizes me is fear now I know that there's I don't think there's a state of having no fear I think what I was letting go of is letting fear win and letting fear like keep me away from me living a full and present life and and a life that is in honor of who I am does that make sense so yeah so that was the cacao ceremony it was really great and I was then invited so my friend ended up knowing someone there and she is running a full moon ceremony on Tuesday I haven't decided yet if I'm going or not it depends on a lot of work things that I need to get done this week but um, yeah, I think I found little pieces of what could potentially be <laughs> my community in Nairobi. I mean, I in my head, I feel like everybody's a hippie. But my friend was just like, yeah, <laughs> this is your thing. This is not mine. <laughs> I, I left there like, yes, that was great. And I had the best sleep. I've ever had in like forever I'm on sleep supplements I've been weaning myself off of them though but I didn't even need to take them like I just had such wonderful thick nice sleep does that make sense after that ceremony I think my heart was was at peace the cacao was <laughs> doing its thing <laughs> anyway so that's been my week <laughs> um has yours been as experimentative is that a word experimentative you know what i mean <laughs> anywho let's move on to 100 african stories so we recorded this story about a month ago or a little over a month i'm not sure it's michael's story michael was referred to this podcast by his friend who said hey you're dealing with abc I think there's a podcast that can help you. And that's how he started listening to Legally Clueless and then decided to fill out the form so that he could share his story. It's really a story of his life and he touches on social anxiety. A hundred African stories on Legally Clueless. Stories from Africa. My name is Michael Jorua. I come from Mombasa. A coastal city in Kenya. But when I was two, my, my mother passed away when I was, I was two years old, and we kind of moved with my dad to Nairobi. I came to live with my step family. I have eight siblings, eight half siblings. I lived with them for the for the next three years until I was five. At the time, I saw it as it was okay. I wasn't. I didn't have any problem with it. But now, as I look back, there was some abuse that came with it, some verbal abuse because my stepmother was then that wasn't that kind. And I didn't experience the same love, the same sibling love as others would experience, you know, because I don't know them. They don't know me. I'm, I'm a kid who just came from somewhere else and you're expecting them to, to accept me as, as one of them. And eventually my dad, so my dad also travels a lot, Mombasa, Nairobi, in Nyoruru, along that track mostly, but he travels a lot for business. And most of the time, I was left with them, and my dad wasn't around. And uh, during that time, yeah, that's when the, the abuse got worse because I would do something small, maybe it's a small mistake, and I had clumsy hands. So 
ceramics and I held ceramic things, they would fall down easily. And maybe I get beaten really bad or a verbal abuse. And at the time, I, I kind of saw that as part of being a kid. To me, it was it was just a harsh, a harsh mother. But now that I look back, it was uh, it could have been better. It reached a point that I even forgot about that I had I had a mother before, and I started calling her my mother, and I believed it completely. So when I was about about six years old, 2008, my father he was building another place in Kiserian, past Ongatarongai, and. I used to go with him during weekends to hang out with him and I had some friends who were there. Little did I know that that would become my my home, my permanent home. And when we moved there, I was confused. I don't know why. I had a good family. I had siblings. I had I had a mother who, who I believed us to be my mother. And I asked him and he told me, I, okay, I, this is, I don't know what to, how to tell you this, but they're not really, she's not really your mother. And your mother passed away when you were a baby, and I really didn't know how to act at first. At the time, I was also a child. I was just confused. I would say that it affected me really much because you can't miss what you, you didn't believe that you had. And now I'm alone. I'm alone in a house with me and my dad only, and he's not always there. There was the caretaker who wasn't there all the time. So in short, I was just living alone, and I was a kid. So I think that where that's where my the way I saw the world changed because... I live alone and um, I get used to being alone, you know. And my dad saw this and he used to bring me these movies and animations. Every time when he went, he'd come back with a bunch of movies and animations. I would ask him to come with them. So maybe I had somewhere, okay, Frozen, Bravo, these ones, come with me, come with them. And and he will come with them because he, he understood that I was, I didn't have really anyone around. So that made me become more introverted. And that's where my imagination my imagination became so 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 deep. And even until now, my imagination is like a kid's imagination because every single time if I'm walking, if I'm doing chores, if I'm doing anything, so long as I'm not interacting, just know that I'm in my own very separate universe. <laughs> yeah, okay, right now it sounds a bit stupid to say, but yeah, that that's that's the thing. Like 70% of my day is not here somewhere very very far and the movies and the fact that I was alone was a key ingredient to that being my my life now to being how I am now in primary school I was I was a weird kid in primary school as it's typical for somebody like that I didn't really see the problem with it because nobody really judges you as much in primary school so even now when I ask my my classmates in primary school yeah you were weird you will sit down and just start laughing I'm like really yeah, and probably at the time I'm like some superhero in some movie somewhere. And even it also affected my concentration in class. It dipped my concentration real low. Even now, I can't stay like five minutes in somebody else's conversation. After 10 minutes, I'm like, oh shit, he, he said something. I don't remember what it is, but he said something. And yeah, it, it affected me also my concentration and stuff. But um, yeah, in primary school, it was quite okay. But in high school, that's where... Um, you get to meet people who they have a very different life. Okay, they view the world differently from you. And when they see someone different, it's hard for them not to say something or just to ignore it. They see as different and as weird. It wasn't that much of a problem because even in high school, if somebody saw you as weird, it's easy for you to find your people. 
yeah, they're, they're very different people in high school. It's, it's, it's diverse in a way. And you are locked in in some environment. So you have like no, no other reason but to just socialize with the people and find your, find your own people, you know. And I was the youngest in, in my class. When I was in Fumon, I was the, uh, the youngest in the entire school. I was a skinny kid. And I kind of, people used to mistake me for a girl sometimes. They look at me. There was a time I was stopped by cops, when, traffic cops, when I was at home. I was like, are you a girl or a boy? And they're even trying to have a debate by themselves. They're like, ah, no, this is a guy. This is a guy. No, no, he's a girl. I take a look, good look at him. That's, that's a girl. <laughs> yeah, so at the time, I, it, it wasn't really an issue because we are all guys there. You know, the one thing that can test your, your masculinity is when there are other girls and there's interaction between other guys and other girls. So that you, that's where you can see yourself as different, you know. But at the time when you're all guys, you don't really see a problem with it. Even when somebody just calls you a name or something, there's not really uh, girls around to make you feel insecure. Yeah, because there's, there's also this time when my friend, I was talking about how I'm into this girl at home. Yeah, yeah and it was like, really? And he was surprised. Like, Why are you surprised that I'm into a girl? I don't know. I'm just thinking of if you living in a, with a girl in the house, it would be like two lesbians living together. I'm like, why would you say that? Why? At the time, it was funny, but now I think of it, I'm like, no, that wasn't that nice, you know? Once I got into college, that's where the difficulty began because in high school, as I told you, we are in an enclosed environment. You share the same schedule. You share the same life. If there are classes, you all have classes. If it's supper, you all have supper. The weekends, no, the, nobody can have plans. At, at school, at, at what are you going to do this weekend? Bro, you're in school. I'm going to lay in bed or just read. That's it. But in college, you realize that everyone has the, have their own life. Even your own classmates, after class, everybody goes their own separate ways and you don't see them after. When I went to college, I thought, okay, high school was not that bad. I'm going to an environment when I don't know people. And I made it work once when I was in Form 1. Why not now? But I can't realize that everybody has their own thing. In the weekend, you can, you can see somebody in class on Monday to Friday, but until then, it's the next Monday, and you won't know what the hell she or he was into, you know? That really, that got me to be more alone because everyone has their own thing. Everyone seems to be so busy. They're all these friend groups, and I'm alone, and I don't know how to begin, you know? Because now socializing becomes an issue because you're not you're not forced to be to see other people because other people have their own thing to do. I remember during the weekends, I used to live in the hostel and we were six in the hostel the first year. During the weekend, I'll be actually alone in the, for the entire weekend. Okay, for me, it was just movies at the time. And when I was outside, I would always wear earphones. I would always wear earphones because now my social anxiety is kicking in, you know. I don't know people. People seem to be so different, you know. You're not wearing uniforms. You're not looking all the same. So your fashion sense comes into play, you know, and, and you get insecure about a lot of things that you didn't think that you would be. So, yeah, and so the weekends, I see people going out. I'd be left alone for the entire weekend. And then Sunday at night, that's when they come back. And they have these different stories. You know, some, I was with this girl. Maybe I was with somewhere. I went to this place. Some places I've never heard of. I mean, I live in Nairobi, around Nairobi, Ongata. And I don't know any places because I'm always inside. Even archives sometimes would be I don't know. At the time, at the time, I didn't know even where archives is, or because even coming to school, my dad would bring me. My dad would take me to to, to home. Everything, everything revolved around my dad. If I'm not at school or at home, you listen to their stories. Kind of made me feel bad because it made me feel like I don't have a life. I don't, I don't really 
relate. So I tried to, I tried to, to try to socialize now. Now that I've seen that there's a problem because before I was okay. I didn't see a problem with it. During the weekend, I'll, I'll actually go for like 10 movies and watch them all at once. And I, don't, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But now, but now I, I st- you see the, the issue, you know? Start seeing that, okay, okay, th- there's a problem now. I'm the weird one. I'm the one who, who doesn't have anything to tell to a group. Yani, the, when, the peop- when people are talking about something, I will all be so quiet. Unless they're talking about movies, then I won't shut up. But if it's anything else... I'm just quiet because I can't relate to any of their stories, you know. So I tried I tried socializing now. I tried maybe going out, talking to girls, or but it was a problem. It was difficult for me because nobody really understands me. My entire life had, had shaped me to kind of like have no interest with other people because my whole life revolved around movies, music, and drawing. I, I, I love drawing. That's why I did architecture because I, I really love drawing. That's my that was my entire life. I tried to to expand, but I didn't know how. I don't know where to start. I tried to talk to people, the conversation would die so fast. Because they with them it's fashion. I went to this place, I went to this place, we had a lot of fans, it was lit. <laughs> yeah. 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 For me the lit, the most lit thing I can I can think of, it's a cool movie scene. <laughs> For me, the the most lit thing of the weekend is Denzel Washington killed it today, <laughs> and it really affected my self worth because I couldn't understand why can't I be like everyone else. I've tried, I've tried matching the energy. Normally, normally I'm I'm too I'm very quiet. I don't talk because yeah, I'm introvert. I'm very introverted. But when I even try to match the energy, it doesn't work. That I still feel like no. I'm still low. They, when I talk to, maybe say I talk to a girl and like, okay, let me conjure up every energy that I have. And I'm going to be a bit louder. I'm going to be a, a more talkative. But then when I'm talking to her, that everyone else is still outdoing me. It's still loud. Everyone else is still lively. Everyone else is also much funnier than me. And I was like, no, I can't continue doing this because after a whole year, the, the entire first year of trying it, I was like, no, nah, I'm tired. I don't want to continue. It's it's tiresome. I go back to my to my room uh, during the during the night, and I was like, no, it was it was just failure the entire the entire time, and it really made me question myself what because I felt different in a different way. The the oh, most people feel different in a way that their background maybe somewhere is. Someone, someone's background is a lot different than others or how they look, they're, they're physical, they're insecure about that. But, but the ways in which I'm insecure is even nobody can relate to because not everyone suffers from social anxiety. Most of the people that I hear that are, are suffering from social anxiety are maybe the ones in the US who are more technological. So the social interactions are, more, are much less. But for, me, but for me here, people are much, much more talkative. People are much more outgoing, and that's not me. The only time that I'll, I'll ever feel like myself is when I'm alone. But then suddenly when I get in front of others, when I walk in public or enter a, a room full with, filled with many people, you just feel this overwhelming, crushing pressure that you want to be anywhere, anywhere but there. When you're talking to one person and a whole group comes, they just suddenly shut down. Because when I'm having a conversation, a one-on-one conversation with someone, I'm okay when we share the same interests. But then when a huge group suddenly comes, I suddenly shut down. And I want nothing else 
than to go home, than to be not not necessarily home, but being alone. It even starts some panic attacks because when I pass through, let's say there's a group of people coming and I'm going, suddenly I start having a panic attack. I, I start breathing hard. I, I don't know. I just start to freak out. I even forget, forget how, how to walk because normally walking is very, it's very, unconscious like you can't you can't recall every single step that you did but suddenly you're trying to control every single muscle that you can to walk and and it's even more anxious because you start thinking are they noticing that i'm not working well and it adds on to the to the anxiety you know yeah it's, it's just like you're not you just feel afraid of of being in front of people and when you're in front of you just you just shut down and you can't you can't talk you can't move you're just there, I just hope nobody realizes you or sees you at different. You just want to disappear in the crowd. Um, you know, machismo in, in guys comes from being outspoken, comes from showing a girl that you are. You are okay, you're basically a man. I don't know how to explain it, but you can you can speak out your mind, you you know your space, you can command a room. And that's what many girls, especially in college, find that attractive. And when me there, a meek person, and I can't even speak, I go and try to talk, talk to a girl. And first of all, they can't relate to anything that I'm saying. Because inside my mind, actually, there's, there are a lot of thoughts that rush to my mind. And it's hard for me to put them into words. Sometimes I, like, I lack the entire sentence to say what I'm saying. And when I say it, if we can relate, you can really understand what I'm saying. And you'll be like, yeah, that's a hell of a point. But if you can't relate, like, you I can't understand anything what you're saying you know and the fact that mo- most girls will see me as the younger brother or, or the sweet guy who you can talk to he, you know he hasn't he doesn't have a lot of things yeah he's just there he's a nice guy yeah i'm like no i don't want to be this man i want to be and people are like oh you look good other guys my my few friends will be like you're actually a good looking guy man you should you're supposed to be to be out there man i'm like no okay maybe in the outside but inside man it's it's not it's not it's not where you think man yeah and i think people would see me uh, to see me as a sexual person as an attractive person in that sense it's difficult because maybe they can be like oh you're cute and that's it and that's it. They, okay, or maybe you can walk through, you can pass by a girl and be like, okay, she's checking you out. But after she knows you, like that attraction is over. You're just now good friends and that's it. And yeah, and, and sometimes I actually think that it's maybe part of my masculinity. I, uh, I'm not really in touch with it as many other guys will be because even the way other guys think and I do, it's actually very, very different. There are definitely some guys who when you hear them, hear them talk, they're like, no, that's not right. For me, it's like, no, you're, you're, you're actually sexualizing women. That, that, that you're just seeing them as sexual beings to use. And I'm, a, I'm not here. I'm just trying to know the girl and, and, and think that's what girls, girls want. And that's who, who I am. But then go, no, no, I want the other one, you know? They're like, why? Why? Or or even I'm a good guy and I'm a good person. I'm a very nice guy. I try to be kind as always. My virtue is like, I just try to be, to be kind and help out however I can. Because I'll be like, okay, I want the bad guy. No, you're too nice. Or you're too, you're too, you're too meek. You're too this, you know? And you get even confused. Like, what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> Life itself made it made me help myself being around people because sometimes you'll just go and sit at a place and you hear these huge groups or talking, laughing, and you're like, 
how yeah i i want that but i know my i know myself that if i was it was in that situation i won't do anything when i when i see maybe a guy talking to a girl and they're vibing or i see a group of friends they're laughing and are having a good time and i know they're alone i know my subconscious is telling me to be alone and every part of my body wants me to be alone but i don't want that like i hate who i am as a person and the fact that i hate myself in such a different way adds on to it because when like, maybe i get comfortable with this person and i tell them what i'm going through they don't relate at all because they know when you hate yourself you maybe hate how you look your insecurities are physical but they don't understand that your insecurities can be personal wise personality wise because I look as I don't want to be me. I don't want to be me. My body is given to a different person and I want to be someone else in a personality sense, you know? And most people can't can relate to that. So everything was a trigger. Seeing people having a good time, having a story, laughing out, all that was just reminded me that I'm different no matter how I tried because I've tried and it reached the point that I just I just gave up on it all. And we it was actually um, in december last year when we we finished our exam for the second year and we went to attachment as i went to to attachment and i got used to being alone it kind of felt like going outside it becomes a mission it becomes like a survival mission because as soon as i step out just make sure you come back home in one piece and i will just keep my head down and i've already listed everything that i'm going to do and i'll just do the fast so that i can i can go back and it becomes like you're in survival mode every time that you that you are outside and if that continues being outside it becomes more hostile to you because for me the days are much brighter the days are much louder they're much more chaotic when i'm i'm in front of people like no this is this is a lot for me there are a lot of noises and i just want peace and it has made me feel Or, or start sleeping late dangerously late at 2 3 every single every single day because at night is the one time that i actually feel peace because during the day it's you feel even when, when you're in your own house even once at school like you hear people outside and like, just no no this is not good and there's light and when it's 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 at night it's dark it's silent and you're like now you're in your own world and you're you feel safe for once and you don't, and I don't want to sleep because because if I sleep that's now time I'm wasting I feel like this is precious time tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to face things that I'm not used to so at this time I just wanted to to not end mm-hmm. you know and sleeping makes me feel like I, i i can't sleep and i think of what the amount of time that will pass before i actually feel this safe again it's i, I just i just extend more and more it's 4am okay let, let us let me sleep at 5am or 6am and it's it's made me have this sleep deprivation and i'm trying to work through it but it's it's hard because i still feel like i can't be outside i can't be in front of people and the only time that i feel safe it's at night because i'm a very i'm a very aesthetic soul and even in my phone i have this aesthetic pictures and I still i see these documentaries about secluded places in the world even when people talk about their favorite places to go people be like hawaii and they, they, dubai this place i'm like i want to go to the middle of siberia where i can't see anything or i can't see any building or anyone i just <laughs> alone and yeah for real i just want for me if i if i think of my dream destination 
and just I'm just driving at a, at a very just landscapes. All I can see are mountains and trees and probably raining because I love that sensation of rain. And yeah, and even though it adapts to feeling different and more secluded, it's, it's for it's who I am. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm tired. I don't I don't want to do any of these. I'm different. I can't. Any <laughs> there's a time I used to say that I actually belong to a different planet. I was born on the wrong planet because everyone here is talking to each other and my dad always always say that nobody is an island no man is an island or okay a lot of people say that but have you met me do do you know me really because i am an island very very far away you know so when i went to attachment i went to attachment at ministry of public lands and we used to be given work some a project to do so you you finish the project you come back you present and if there's any mistakes you go back and you do it. A lot of other other attaches used to go to the office and work from there. But for me, no. If there is home and there's a choice that I can be alone, I'm going. I'm going to. You'll see me when I'm done. And if I have any questions, there's there's a phone. I can use a phone. The the fact that I was alone for all that time because I'm not at school. When you're at school, the, you're reminded constantly that it's not right to to be alone. But when I'm at home, it's separate. Everyone has their own life. So there's nothing telling you that or making you insecure of being by yourself in your own house. So I got used to it very, very much. I would actually go a week without even walking out the door. And I'll be very, very much okay with it. Yeah, and it made me lose touch from reality in the sense that I didn't know or care about anything that was going on. If it's not about video games or movies or, or music... It was none of my business and I made it and I personally made it not any any part of my business. And my dad would actually come and ask me, hey, did you hear that this and this happened? Like, no, maybe it's something very huge. Okay, I go outside. Maybe because maybe the things are starting to, to diminish food and I have to go and buy it. And I walk outside and nobody has a mask and I have a mask. What, what is happening? Are people just rebelling masks? And somebody tells me that, oh, mask, today is, it's, it's a fine if you, if you don't have a mask. I'm like, since when? And news like that used to pass me a lot. Even things with the curfew, I didn't know that. Okay, it didn't really affect me that there was a curfew because at, by, by five, I'm at home and you won't see me until the next morning. And it's because I have to go outside. Think news like that used to pass me and I didn't have any problem with it. My dad used to say, one day the world is going to end without even you knowing it. You'll walk outside and see nothing. And my dad used to sensitize that a lot. He would come home and every time, he, he didn't even call before coming because he knew ultimately I'm at home. And he was never disappointed, you know. <laughs> so he... he he urged me to start watching the news a bit. I, I decided to watch the, the news one time. And I promise you, I locked every single door. It was like I just watched a horror movie. Because after months of living in my own head, because I'm in my own imagination, now 100% of the time, yeah? And, and movies are supplementing it, you know? Making it deeper, making it cooler to be, making it better to be in my head than being outside. And I watched the news once and I and saw all the things that are happening. No, first of all, I felt very, my security was, com- my security was compromised and I locked every single thing and I, <laughs> I didn't think where I used to hide some knives in this place because I've, I've seen some movies where it's juicy and so I hidden behind the table or something. Yeah, and I promised myself I'm never going to watch the news again. I'm fine where I am. In, if, if reality ca- catches me in a bad way in, in some time, Okay, I'll face it, but now I can't, I can't face it right now. I can't handle it. And one of my friends, 
actually saw this. We used to talk about how what we're going through, and as time went by, I became more open to her, and she actually saw that, yeah, I'm 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 drifting into my own, into my own world, which I'm going to consider reality one day, and it's not good for me. And it was like suggested, can you can you listen to this podcast called Legally Clueless when people tell their own stories. And I had the first one, like, okay, the anxiety started to piling up because there are problems that you have spent so much time without thinking of them. I haven't thought of diseases or accidents. And then I'm the, I'm the type of guy who I'm very used to a routine. And changing that routine will be the most scary thing. Like coming here, it was the most, yesterday I was panicking. What am I going to do? I've never, I've never heard of this place. I don't know what to do. And, and asked many people, where is this place? Can you advise me what to do? I don't think I can do this. I, you know, shutting down because it's so, it's just by the fact that it's different. Yeah. So listening to the podcast and it's, uh, it's trying to, to bring me back. And even though most of the times when I enter nervous situations, if when I'm in front of people, even though I drift back to my world where I feel safe. Because when I, let's say when I go in front of people and I start to feel bad and I still feel scared, I just drift back to my own head and start, I even close my eyes. Somebody might think that I'm sleeping, but I'm just in my own world. I'm either this or this. I even develop characters in my head. Today I'll be this. I feel like being this. Yeah. And yeah, um, but slowly I'm starting to come back. It's not easy because first of all, my childhood, the fact that my own siblings would would treat me that bad and it it taught me to never trust anyone so before i even meet someone my first my first thought is to think the worst the worst of everything and the worst of everyone so yeah and it's something that i'm also working on to be more optimistic but if i try to be i feel that i'm that i'm vulnerable now if i try to be to be optimistic, it's, it's it's so different. It's no, no, I, would, I have to protect myself. I don't know what you're going to do. And the fact that I don't know, please, let's just avoid the entire situation, you know. Most of the stories that I hear, they have a happy ending, but they're working through this. But for me, I'm still figuring out. I'm still at that at that stage where I'm still struggling, struggling to, to socialize with people. But I would say that just give it time. And just to find your own people, because as much as there are not many around, if you give it time, because if you rush into to try to find friends, you'll you'll have a dead contact list. Because yeah, and and it's not worth it. Considering people to be your friends, and they're really not finding your own people, it might take time. But trust me, it's worth it. I've found one or two, and and I've really felt because because. For a person as me, it might be hard to, to relate to people, but once you do, or once you find your own person, it will be a very, it's like you're in your, you too, you're in your own universe. You are vibing at a whole new level, and it will be much more worth it than a person who has a lot of friends that they cannot even keep track of. Give it time and don't rush into anything. Catch more African stories in the next episode of Legally Clueless. How? awesome was that story first i am just so proud of michael so proud of him breaking his routine which gives him comfort which gives him safety and like clear mind coming all the way to the studio to record that story i can only imagine how much it took and so i'm just like wow 
look at that. You did that, Michael. So that's one. And then I just think he's got such clarity and insight on his life journey and how he contributed to where he is now. I think not many people pause and do that, which makes it very hard when it comes to like confronting things you want to change about yourself or things you want to heal from. And and he has that in a very clear way, which is just so admirable. And I just feel like I understand even just people I, I know who are probably battling something similar. I understand them better from hearing his story. So I really enjoyed having Michael on on the podcast. And if you want to share your story as well, in the show notes, there is a Google form. Just fill it out and we'll get back to you. In case you're listening on a platform that does not have show notes, head over to our Insta or our TikTok, click the link in bio and you will see the Google form there. So our Insta and TikTok are legally clueless Africa. This podcast also plays on Trace FM <laughs> here in Kenya. So if you go to traceradio.co.ke, you'll get a list of all the frequencies. Wherever you are in Kenya, you can tune in the old-fashioned way. And we are on there every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 1 p.m. and 11 p.m. I forgot to say this. When it comes to sharing your story on the podcast, we can either do it virtually or in person. So wherever you are in this beautiful world, we can record your story. You're African. Your story is valid. We want to hear it. Okay, it's time for me to end this episode. But I would just, you know, ask you again. I know I've done this in a couple of podcasts or in a couple of episodes, if you have the capacity to this week, just be graceful and be kind to the next person because people are really navigating a lot and that act of grace, that act of kindness could be what somebody needs to make them step back from the ledge or the edge. And I, I say this because, I mean, one day I'll share, but like I was there <laughs> A couple of times in the last couple of months and there were complete strangers who just were kind to me when they didn't need to give me so much grace when they didn't need to and it was life-saving really so if you have the capacity to this week extend grace and be kind that's it for this episode of legally clueless you can share this podcast with your friends you can keep it for yourself i'm not judging just make sure you're here next week for the next episode